Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Gyan Bhumani, and I'm the host of the Entrepreneurship Insights podcast. Uh, this afternoon, we're here with Ellen, and she's she's a really prominent member in the STEM community. Has conducted some extensive research uh, with AI, and also has her own podcast. So I believe it'll be a wonderful session, wonderful conversation, talking to her about her ventures, um, her experiences. and uh, her entrepreneurial journey. Thank you for joining the podcast today, Ellen. Yeah, awesome. It's a lot of fun to be here. I'm excited, excited to talk yeah. with you more. Yeah, same here. It's definitely a pleasure. So first off, just give us some background. Um, how'd you discover entrepreneurship and uh, your research? Like, how'd you get started with that? Yeah, that's a good question. And I don't think there's a specific, I know a lot of people have entrepreneurship bug stories where you know when they're young they like caught the entrepreneurship bug so they say um for me it wasn't really a like one moment um i was just always interested in like solving challenges um kind of more like puzzles um like growing up i i loved escape rooms all of that type of stuff loved just having fun um doing a lot of uh like coding trying to solve problems that way or um just a lot of different different activities that I did that really made me love to try and identify problems, um, learn how to ask questions, and then figure out how to actually solve them. So yeah, that's pretty much how I got that initial like spirits of wanting to, in general, just try and do things that um, are hard and pressing and challenging and not being afraid of trying to ask those types of questions. Um, and then from there, I've been pretty involved in um, Overall, trying to solve problems in medicine with my my research, as you mentioned, and also with um, like education. I think one of the best ways that I find personally to learn. Um, I'm a big believer in the Feynman technique, which um, if you don't know who Richard Feynman is, phenomenal physicist, and his theory is that if you can't explain anything in a very simple manner to other people, then you really don't understand it enough. And there's like one very famous lecture where he was going to explain a very difficult concept, and he just came back and said, "I can't explain it to a five year old." It's because we don't know enough about this field, and so yeah, that's why I really、um, also like、uh, I, I have a, my own nonprofit,、um, Zipline Theory, which we're pretty much teaching people how to solve pressing problems in fields that aren't taught in schools.、Um, so yeah, I think just in general, culturing that that mindset of of entrepreneurship and、uh, creating, just like you've done with your podcast, it's it's very、um, it's very like a fun way to try and do something、um, outside of your own realm. Yeah, yeah, for sure.、Um, I def I definitely believe in like, just if you have that sort of mindset, I guess that's that's the thing that you can always fall back on、uh, when things aren't going the way that you want them to.、Um, and so, what do you enjoy most about like, uh, you uh, you talked about your nonprofit. Like, what do you enjoy most about、uh, handling that and running that? Yeah, so I think the main thing about、um, you know starting your own your own venture is just like meeting people you otherwise would have un- been unable to meet before. So I know I've gotten、um, to meet a lot of like different Harvard professors, like university people, people who are really like at the top of their fields and trying to learn from them and like share that knowledge with other people, kind of like open source knowledge.、Um, and so yeah, that's been a huge part of it. And also just in general,、um, doing like hosting events, doing things that you. Like could never have imagined that you as a high schooler could do.、Um, so I remember one of our events, we actually、uh, were able to work with like the Department of Defense and some really leading organizations, and 
really try to be at like the forefront of change. And I think especially when you're young, being able to work with people a lot older than you, a lot more experienced, it's just a way to get yourself immersed in an environment where you can grow much, much faster than if you were, you know, um, just relying on like traditional methods of, of learning. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, just um, like, especially like based on what your nonprofit does, right? It, it teaches people how to like, just uh, solve real solutions with uh with their web uh, or, or with their development experience and so that's really interesting um so you have a lot of like passions interests uh like fencing your uh you do fencing you have your own podcast and also you do your uh you have you organize the upen climate ventures organization so could you just give us a bit of background like what what do you do what do you enjoy most like what really keeps you doing that yeah so the answer is going to probably sound a lot less motivational uh, but in essence like i think a lot of times um it's like i do things just because they're fun right and uh, i found that when you just kind of treat i have this philosophy um, that i've been developing which is like just in general trying to treat life more like a game and i know a lot of times it's easy to frame it like a competition um like you're always trying to like optimize for like results external factors um like a lot of a lot of like noise versus actual signal and um i remember this one one time i talked to someone on my podcast too and they said a quote that i really like which was if you actually want to help people uh like if you want to help people you have to actually help people and so um in general just like to me i've just been all about like trying to have fun in everything i do um whether it's like through entrepreneurship whether it's through research um or just like hot personal hobbies in general um like for example over Thanksgiving break this year I recently like built just a dome in my backyard like no particular reason I just wanted to um, kind of learn about the mathematics behind dome design uh, try and get hands-on do something I hadn't done before and just create a new experience for myself uh, I think with everything I do I just try to optimize for like fun experiences um, and getting the most out of like out of the human experience most of all yeah th- that's that is really intriguing because the fact of the matter is that sometimes we don't have enough time to fully explore um, our interests. And so how do you make time for things that are fun for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think most of what I do, I would consider like fun. So um, definitely there's that factor, but obviously a lot of things, um, everyone needs to have like some some like free time and that's really where you let your like creative abilities simmer um, because if you're just like grinding away all the time it's really hard to actually have the opportunity to like think um reflect like take a step back and like have your mind on its own generate new ideas um and kind of like leveraging that resting that resting space um in general i like to focus more on global efficiencies uh, rather than like local optimalities for example i know a lot of people our age um use a bunch of like productivity hacks right like i don't know pomodoro um which is i i believe in these things as well um or like i i don't know what some other productivity hacks are i'm sure you, you can think of some as well um but yeah, a lot of small things we do to try and like squeeze the most out of each minute and honestly i don't think that's worth it um i think if you're going to look at the global changes like what are you interested in and why are you doing every single activity and i'm sure there's some activities that you kind of like iffy about you're not 
sure. Like when you ask yourself, you're gonna kind of find that you don't actually have the answer for why you're still doing it. Like it could be um, like an extracurricular that um, you're not completely, like doesn't align with the in- interest, but you know is like still, like you think is still beneficial for your future. Um, honestly, I just say cut off as much as you can and focus on the things that really do like give you high energy, um, like add to your energy rather than drain it. And uh, you, you're able to learn while having fun. And so I, I've actually um, stopped doing a lot of things that I used to do um, because I want to focus on the things I enjoy more. I think I'm more potential in and that'll leave me more time for in general, like uh, things that are I believe are more impactful. Um, but yeah, so to some that kind of uh, mainly global changes, focus on cutting down big things uh, like asking why and getting to the root and then um, do that versus trying to optimize like for the minute by minute uh, gains. Yeah, I guess um, one thing that really resonated with me, like what you specifically said was um, the fact that we, we're all just well, not wasting time, but um, we spend too much time just grinding away, right? And so mm-hmm. that 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 takes a bit of time or more energy than really needed. So let's talk about um, your your own podcast, which is uh, like where you also interview young entrepreneurs, give them a voice. Um, and so why did you start that? Like, where's the inspiration from? Like, how'd you... Sorry, how'd you get the inspiration? What have you learned? Um, where do you plan to take it in the future? Uh, um, so to give a bit of background, um, I'm the host of Delta X podcast. And so uh, like Ian mentioned, I uh, host a lot of cool, like basically I find the coolest people I can on the internet, mainly teens who are, um, you know, doing something very special. And I think is worth sharing. And I, I basically uh, have a chat with them. I try to figure out their, their story and um, how they're able to, uh, do that. And I, what I like most about podcasts is, um, I'm sure you realize this too, and I think it's great uh, that we're currently talking on a podcast right now, um, is that it's really cool to see what people are thinking like in the moment, right? Like their raw thoughts, like you get a, an idea of the lens that they use to see the world or like their philosophies, mental models, decision-making frameworks, like all this split-second subconscious things that they've developed over time that most people don't even, like aren't even consciously aware of. Like we're not really aware of the biases and the own habits we formed in our minds until we kind of look at other people. Um, but yeah, so I started that actually, I think this goes along with a lot of different, um, like another theme of like engineering luck or like engineering opportunity, because I actually didn't know I was going to start a podcast. Um, I've been, I was really involved in the cybersecurity community and um, I was invited to be a guest as kind of like a younger voice on a lot of cybersecurity podcasts. And just being a part of that opened up a lot of doors for me because then the podcast host, when they thought of someone who's young, um, who's who loves podcasts and who's into cybersecurity, um, I was one of the people that they had in mind. And so they asked if I wanted to start a podcast and that's how it all got started. Um, so yeah, I think for anyone listening to this, um, I'd say if you want to get more opportunities, um, there's multiple ways to do this, but one of them is just to be in a lot of spaces, right? Just be around people who have that type of connection, have that type of leverage, and just knowing a lot of people who are doing diverse things um, will automatically get you through a lot of doors. Um, another way is to just attract, like, luck. Um, if you've seen, like, Naval's Twitter thread, he talks about this a lot, uh, but it's, it's the idea of once you create, like, once you get really good at something, then people will um, kind of think of you or, like, default to you when they have... Uh, an opportunity or when they have someone 
um, they want to like loop into a new idea. Um, so yeah, um, I think the main why for, for this and um, like why I think podcasting and what you're doing right now, um, Ian, is so, so impactful um, is because there's a lot of like change that comes from like, storytelling. And when you hear other people's stories, it's like, it really makes you question like the broader picture of um, and like help you optimize for what you're doing with your own. So, yeah. Yeah, Ellen, definitely a lot to unpack there, right? Um, like you said, or like my thing is like people are more than just what they put on their LinkedIn's or like their LinkedIn resume, right? And so just like you said, just seeing what perspective they see the world, how do they see uh, their current career? How do they see just whatever's happening around them? Um, that's really important. And that that's what comes through storytelling, like you said. So Yeah, I agree. It's kind of similar yeah. to, honestly, like reading. Um, I, I see you have for like... For sure, for sure. Uh, actually, I guess it's not really a bookshelf. But you have like kind of cafe in your background. It kind of reminds me of the idea. Um, it's like training on other people's lives, you know? Like you get to hear their learnings like their their years of experience and living just distilled into like their most important values and they're giving this to you so it's like kind of kind of like reading their book but in audio form if that makes sense yeah i remember my um my english teacher uh we, we were talking and he said something about julius caesar right like how uh one person he doesn't get all the perspectives and then he ends up killing himself right because <laughs> but then so, so he said the, the point of having or, or the point or how, how you can create your perspective on a situation is if you hear multiple perspectives. And I guess mm-hmm. podcast is a key to that in mm-hmm. a way. That's definitely very true. Yeah. 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 So um, I was looking about um, or I was looking on your site and um, you've monetized your podcast. So how like just 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 explain to us like explain to the listeners like how were you able to monetize it through sponsorships through like you know like getting your voice heard so hey you caught entrepreneurs or uh, whoever has an interesting story contacts you and uh you create sort of a business out of that so how does that work for you oh um so to clarify um the, they're not monetary sponsors um i just cover a lot of different events is that what you're talking about like defcon rsa uh, yeah, I think so. That's what I saw. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't um, like exactly monetize, but I do cover like events, um, like cybersecurity events, a lot. So I can talk a bit about that. Um, so, yeah, this comes along with the like opportunities um, I, I was kind of referring to earlier, and when you kind of get um, in front of a lot of people, when you talk with a lot of people, and I think podcasting naturally lends itself to that kind of in-person like human connection aspect just because you really get to know someone through their story um it, it leads to like a lot more like broader opportunities and so um particularly I've been really lucky to be able to cover some uh, large conferences like the largest cybersecurity conferences um and while I haven't been able to go in person yet although hopefully this year um it, it's it's just been interesting to see people like present they're 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 like the biggest work that they've probably worked on at these like kind of hacker conferences like very they're they're very cool people um, who are presenting um, things that they've worked on and they're very like innovative ideas and I get to go talk with them and kind of like share their journey leading up to that point so it's kind of like 
giving context into the more human side of um, like more scientific or technical work. Um, like I remember one of my podcasts, I was talking with like a doctor of uh, like psychology um, and cybersecurity, and he was working on some pretty cool things like GPT-3. And it was just really cool to see how many other interests and he had. And we had some like very deep discussions on transhumanism, um, like anarcho-primitivism, um, and overall like how these really successful people have just very unique ideas and very interesting experiences um, that are just like coalescing onto this like single conference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I like what 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 really intrigued me is that like you enjoy learning about like cybersecurity and and it kind of reminded me of what you said earlier, right? That just involve yourselves uh, involve yourself in multiple groups, uh, so so you can take advantage of all the opportunities, right? And in the end, I think Malcolm Gladwell said like the opportunities compound right they uh, they become bigger better they become more in volume right mm-hmm. so i guess it's just like a part of that cycle yeah for sure that were, that's a great quote um i haven't heard one by gladwell but i did like albert einstein also said like compounding is the seventh wonder of the world or something like that something along those lines um but yeah once you get those initial sparks like it, it just it just leads you to like a yeah. lot of different opportunities yeah, I think like um, Malcolm Gladwell, um, I forgot the book, but a whole chapter is dedicated. He calls it the Matthew effect. So it's mm-hmm. just like people who have opportunities in the beginning have many more than the people who don't, right? Makes sense intuitively also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I want to like transition into your research uh, with AI. And I want to congratulate you first for um, the RSI, uh, the R- the RSI organization you got oh, into. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So just just tell me that. Tell us more about that. Um, what's your experience? Uh, what research did you present? Or or yeah, what what research did you present to them to get in? And just like what's intrigued you and kept you going in that field in that research direction. I love that question, first of all, just like what excites you. Um, yeah, a lot of times, like the, the most important thing I think to ask is like, what excites you so much that you can't sleep at night? And I think uh, a lot of my research and a lot of my um, current experiences has been trying to pursue those specific ideas that keep me up at night and just so excited about, um, like genuinely curious about like what what's, what's what this might lead me to. Um, so yeah, my research, I've been working on this for a few years um, and um, my research was focused around a deep learning diagnosis tool for Kawasaki's. And so, like many of the other things I've been involved in, um, it was I, I didn't know it would come up into research. I, I mainly just stumbled into it and just was just trying to um, like do something like real and meaningful. Um, so my younger sister like had this disease when she was younger. I never really took too much thought into it because it was so like rare and I never heard of it. Um, but then I, I slowly got like more background onto like, as, as I learned more about like autoimmunity, um, diseases, health in general, um, I, I learned that this was actually a much, much bigger problem. And um, pretty much in short, I wanted to 
ask myself if there's a way um, to improve diagnoses based on uh, what an algorithm or computers can already learn to do. And so that was where my research led me. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to now be spending summer at MIT on campus, hopefully, um, and just learning more and answering, um, answering hard questions. Um, I actually believe that was the main reason. Uh, I don't want to speculate too much because, of course, I'm not part of the decision committee. I have no idea what actually got me in. It could be many factors, but um, I think the main like thing that they were really looking for is people who are asking and trying to solve like very hard questions um, and just knowing what types of questions to ask. Like for background, the very first question they ask you is like if you wanted to solve um, any question in fields that you're interested in, what would these questions be? Um, so yeah, that was that was very interesting, and I actually genuinely loved um, you know and answering those, trying to like pose that question to me and coming up with those questions and. Um, getting to solve them over the summer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess for you, you had a personal motive behind your research, right? And that really drove you, like, uh, it, it was because of your sister. But I also remember in another presentation, uh, something about some harassment presentation that my school gave. They said that you don't need it to happen to you to pursue it, right? Or like, it, it was specifically for sexual harassment, right? Uh, the the presenter's uh, the pre the presenter's sister had been harassed, right? And that's why he decided to go into the field. But the thing is that you don't need you don't need a problem to happen close to you to pursue your passion, right? And for you, you built your or you, you kind of developed your passion through that. Um, but yeah, really interesting. Uh, just just how these passions really come to be, right? It's not like one day, like, okay, I'm just gonna study this, I'm gonna study yeah. that, right? Um, so, with your research, uh, I'm not sure if you may have thought of it like this, but really anything can be monetized. So have you thought of any entrepreneurial venture ideas that you'd like to implement based on your current research or something you plan to do in the future? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, and I've actually given a bit of thought into like the intersection of research and entrepreneurship. I remember there's like one time um, when I was talking with one of my friends and they, they mentioned how they kind of viewed research and entrepreneurship as opposites. Um, like a lot of entrepreneurship is a lot about, um, you know, making, making those kind of like at least how it's viewed is making like launching startups, uh, really like iterating, testing, kind of fast paced. And um, they were like, well, research seems to be completely the opposite, right? Because it seems to be like methodical, uh, kind of longer term development um, and less about act like it's more about coming up with like a novel idea versus its actual implementation. And so yeah, I've thought a lot about this, and I think what I came to is I disagree with this concept. Um, I think they're a lot more similar than most people think, and you need, uh, like, so startups and entrepreneurship, um, I think we can all agree, are founded on, like, secrets, right? So, like, it's either a human secret that you're realizing. It's it's the way people uh, are inclined to act, to behave. It's, it's like, um, a new idea or, like, a secret based on how society works. Um, or there's like the scientific secrets, right? Like the secrets of the universe. How does, like, why does like the ball fall and stuff like that, right? Like all these questions um, about science, these are scientific secrets. And so you have human secrets on one side um, 
and which is most closely correlated with entrepreneurship. Then you have like scientific secrets. And so um, my belief is that the best types of companies are founded on both of these. Like you need to have a scientific innovation, but you also have to know how to best get that scientific innovation into the market. Um, I, I, I know there's a lot of business models that don't depend on this, but in my opinion, like the most impactful companies like Apple, you know, they had like technological innovations and they also knew how to create the most appealing designs to to customers, right? So um, yeah, I, I think and for my personal research, I've given a lot of thought into this as well. And so um, one of the reasons why I've been working on this for so long, when like I know uh, a lot of people probably would have moved on by then is because um, I really want to make this like a reality, right? Like a lot of times research stops when something new is discovered, but there's that's like just the beginning, right? There's like a whole new path beyond that, which is how do you actually get your research to make the most amount of positive good and directly help people? And so my goal is to get this in hospitals. My goal is to get this in the hands of patients, people who need it, um, people whose my my algorithm can hopefully help save the lives for. And someday if, um, there's, there's you know another problem which comes up and I, I want to pursue that as well. I would definitely want to also take it to the point where I'm also like being able to actually, like you mentioned, um, commercialize it. That's, that's a really strong motive. Like, um, yeah, but it, yeah, it, it definitely is right. Because research comes and goes and it, and it really depends on if you're willing to actively pursue it. And it, uh, it, I guess it all, like, like you said in the beginning, it all depends on that internal motivation that you have, you know, to keep you going forward. Right. And so it, it's 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 really interesting to know like how you think of your research because you're you're really invested in uh, in this clearly and so it's just like getting to know why that was really interesting. So, uh, would you like to talk about anything else? Um, anything that's really kept you going? Uh, what do you? What do you have planned after? Sorry, <clears throat> what do you have planned after high school or college? Like, what do you really want to do? Um, you discussed you want to make an impact through your research, but is there anything else that you've been exploring? Yeah. Um, so, to be completely honest, I am very open about like my future. I think a lot of times we don't expect to, uh, at least from the people I've talked to, you know, who are who are older. Um, who have gone through this, they, they say that it's like very hard to like expect exactly what your life's going to look like, but it's very easy to tell, um, to try to like find your ideal, like kind of like the ideal things you want to do and then work backwards from there. So basically I don't know which college I'm going to go to. I don't know what exactly I'll be studying, but I do know the types of things that I want to do. Um, and so working backwards from there, I've been trying to like start on those as early as possible because really like why wait, right? If I know what I want to do in the future, there's no reason why I would be like hustling on things which might give me short-term gains, but I don't really, it's not going to bring me happiness in the long term. And so um, if I were to give like a brief summary of like some things I like to work on in the future and like the types of work I like to do, um, a lot of it is involved with both startups and like science slash tech. Um, so like my, my ideal kind of like future would be 
um, working in a like an AGI lab or like a, a, a scientific lab and then launching solutions uh, at a very rapid pace. Um, so kind of combining that kind of scientific element with the, like the, the business and the entrepreneurship element. Yeah, that's that, that's really interesting to know, right? Um, because you were talking about how you could potentially commercialize your research once it becomes more concrete um, and you develop it further, right? And, and and it brings me back to the thought that entrepreneurship is not all about like, okay, CEO of, or f- co-founder and CEO of this new tech startup or th- like th- that's usually what people think when uh, people think about entrepreneurship, right? But it's it's maybe like maybe working at a startup, right? Or um, or ha- or having some sort of impact through through that perspective. That that also uh, also fits into that entrepreneurship um, sort of definition, I guess. And so before we conclude our interview, I have one quick question, just like off the top of your head, who's your role model? And how have they uh, helped you pursue whatever you're doing? Yeah, I I hope you don't mind me giving three because I actually have... No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, because, um, yeah, I actually have... This is like one of the things that I think has helped me a lot, which is interesting that you talk about it because um, the way, like, I... One of the ways I try to make really big decisions or decide whether I want to take a risk is I asked like would my three role models do this like if they were alive today or like if they were an actual human because one of them is not actually a real person uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in just one second um, like would they want to do what I'm about to do and if it's no then I'll kind of think about it and probably not do it but if it's yes then like it'll influence my decision a lot because these are like who are the people that you admire and how like what made them into the types of people that that you really love um so yeah my first one is leonardo da vinci um second one is alan turing and third one is paul atreides if you've read dune um he's like the main character in dune all right yeah so um i'll just like give one sentence for each of them for why um leonardo da vinci childhood role model curiosity science asks a lot of people would say childish questions like why is the sky blue um, but he really revolutionized a lot of these fields because he thought from first principles, because he asked these kind of like silly, childish questions. And he had a lot of fun. And his art was amazing. So a lot of things. But, um, two, Alan Turing. Um, solving puzzles. You know, he's very famous for his AI work, also cracking Enigma. Um, just the intensity of his work. He also like was the type of person who was very mentally... Um, like out there like he would run like marathons without even training which is crazy because he was I think he was just like very mentally strong um third Paul Atreides this is more like the human side like Paul was just if you read Dune he's very psychologically like people smart like street smart and he thinks a lot about like I kind of like effective altruism ideas like how can he as one person try to optimize the future to make the world like a better place um so that one is kind of that more like human aspect of things so yeah thank you thank you it was uh, wonderful getting to know because i guess um in a way i guess you can also agree with me that um our role models play a pretty big influence into um how we pursue our own dreams right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree yeah so um 
as we conclude our wonderful conversation, um, I, what what advice would you have? Uh, what advice do you have for teens thinking about entering uh, research? Uh, doesn't matter how old they are, just like maybe who have uh, an idea that they want to discover. Like, what's your advice for them? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, the biggest one I say is just become a hub for interesting ideas. The hardest part is actually coming up with a huge idea or an idea which has a lot of potential and is increasingly relevant. Um, like, of course, the actual doing um, after the idea is the most important part, but the idea the idea is often the hardest part and the part that people spend the most time on. Like that tends to be the biggest bottleneck for most people our age, especially. So yeah, I say just like become a hub for ideas. Um, like when you're, when you look at something, try to be able to like ask questions just like, like that, like naturally. It's, it's kind of a habit you develop or being able to think about things differently. So like for, I, I think Leonardo da Vinci is a great example of this. He can look at a woodpecker and say, I wonder what his tongue looks like. Like, that's literally one of the questions he asked. And um, getting past that, like, idea that we know a lot. Like, I, I think it's interesting that, like, 90% of childhood questions we still don't know the answer to. Like, I'm pretty sure most people, when they ask why the sky is blue, they would not know the answers like Rayleigh scattering that like wavelengths and they would not be able to explain it to a child. So just going back to those questions, asking those types of questions, getting those types of new ideas, um, that is where the real research heart comes from. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest tip. But um, honestly, like I have a ton more for that. So if you ever have any questions, if any of the listeners wants to get into research, uh, my, my DMs, I guess, are always open. So I am happy to give more advice. Uh, definitely thank you um and it reminded me of um something from rick and morty um i i i don't i don't watch the show i just saw it in like a gif um it's like <laughs> think for yourselves don't be sheep right and it's all about um not conforming and just being able to have that inquisitive like curious just like almost natural curiosity mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think curiosity is one of the things that you can actually train um, counterintuitively, you can you can train yourself to be more curious um, and kind of get that childhood wonder back um, from when we were all younger and curious about everything. Yeah, I think there's like this um, anecdote. I forgot which was. I think it was Newton or Einstein who used to play with the kids, mm-hmm. and he was talking about like how if you stay as stiff as a bow. Right, you're gonna break, but if you loosen up, right, it's much easier to shoot that arrow. Um, funny little thing. So, as uh, do you have any last words for our listeners? Um, just something that, uh, just it it can be anything, you know, like something that's really pushed you to new highs, uh, something that really keeps you up in the night, something that gets you up in the morning. Um, just like. Anything that you really want our listeners to take away? Very literally. The last thing I do before I go to sleep is I read. Um, And I know a lot of people as they grow older, they stop reading. Um, But if you think about it, like if you stop exercising, you will grow weaker. And that's just how 
exhalation, muscles work. If you don't keep training your brain, it's the same way. Like, if you don't keep on getting new information, you quickly become update, like outdated. It's like not getting software updates, you know, for your brain. Um, not to sound too robotic. Anyways, um, but yeah, I, I just say keep reading interesting things. Um, read classics, you know, like read, I don't know, Einstein's general theory of relativity. Read it, whatever you're interested in. It doesn't have to be anything too intellectual. Um, but yeah, that's one thing. And also keep sticking, <laughs> keep like paper and pencil by your nightstand too. A lot of times you come up with cool ideas um, be- right before you sleep, just laying there. And like, when you think about the things that excite you, automatically your brain will start to generate new ideas. Um, and sometimes even during dreams, like it's kind of cool too, how you can come up with new things and solve math and new dreams too. It's actually, there's studies on this if you want to look into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, thank you for that quick bit of I guess advice, you know, just like being able to read just anything, what you love. It shouldn't be like a, a what do you call it, cat in the hat if you're in like 12th grade, but something that... I'm sure you'll learn something. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? just reading in general. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, thank you, Alan, for uh, coming on the podcast, um, talking about your experience. Um, congratulations on the RSI. Uh, what else? Uh, I hope your podcast, uh, I hope you also do wonders with your podcast to keep on learning. Uh, and again, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, thank you for making time for us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me on. I think it's cool that another high schooler has a podcast. And I'm definitely like you're, you're sharing a lot of very valuable information on here with Entrepreneurship Insights. So it was really great to be on. And I hope uh, people can find some value in this as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, have a wonderful evening, you all.